Welcome to the Power of Love show sponsored by the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation, where we shine a light on loss and grief and how it impacts our lives. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Power of Love show sponsored by the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation. We believe that through the power of love that nothing is impossible as long as you have love on your side. I am TJ Jackson, and with me is my eldest brother, Todd Jackson. What's going on, T? How are you, Todd? Good. Back upstairs. So. Very good to see you, my man. Uh, yeah. For everyone out there who is watching us and joining us live, thank you so much. Of course, you may be doing so either on Facebook or YouTube. Um, however, if you are listening to the show at a later time uh, as a podcast, we want to thank you guys as well. We want to encourage you to like our podcast, subscribe to it so that you don't miss an episode. But at the very least, by liking it and possibly even writing a review, if you're enjoying it, it will help others who need this content. It will help them find it. So please, if we can ask for that again, if you're enjoying it, please consider leaving a review. And again, make sure you subscribe. Um, we haven't mentioned this in a while, Taj, but we also have a Twitter account, and that is at DDJ Foundation. Um, we have Facebook, Instagram, all of those things. I think most of you guys who watch us live, at least, are subscribed. But again, we just wanted to share all our social media so that everyone who watches us, listens to us, knows that there's more than just this show. Um, we have social media stuff that can help Maybe you become inspired to continue to empowering yourself and to continue to grow. So I just want to remind you guys of that. Um, the other thing I want to say before I check on your week, Taj, is our disclaimer. We are not licensed therapists. We are just ordinary people who've experienced loss in our lives. We've been impacted by it. And we like to think we've learned a lot from it. Um, so what we like to do here on the Power of Love show is we like to share our opinions strictly in an attempt to help you get through whatever it is you are going through. Saying that, if you need professional help, we urge you to seek it and to find it. Please do not just rely on us. Taj Jackson, that was the intro for today's show. Yes, um, well said. Guests lined up, so there will be a, a, a guest intro coming up shortly. But before we get to that, Taj, I want to know, how has your week been? Um, well, we were discussing this a little earlier. Um, everything's been good. We we did have like somewhat of a, what was a lunch? More of like just a gathering. Uh, for, uh, a a for celebration our, of life gathering. Right? Celebration of life for our, our friend Sandy who had passed. And that was, it was nice for everyone to come together mm. in that way. Um yeah, that that was nice seeing everyone. Because mm. well, you know, Sandy, I didn't know this, but I guess she first, you know, was either friends or worked for the Jackson family. That my father's side of the family. However, all of my memories, at least the vast majority of my memories, are from my mother's side with Sandy. So, um, you know, at you know whether it was Thanksgiving dinner at my aunt's house or Easter events. Um, even occasional Christmas events, we've we've always went to my Aunt Lourdes and Sandy would always be there, you know, with her amazing energy, taking pictures and just bringing the whole party up. Unfortunately, we lost Sandy just a couple of weeks ago, um, but her spirit and who she was as a person will always live on and she will always be a bright spot. And not only Taj in my life, 
um, in Cheryl's life, but in, in anyone who's, whose life she touched. So um, like Taj said, just last Saturday, we did a celebration of life. Uh, we let out some balloons and, and just, you know, it was a beautiful, uh, beautiful moment. We hadn't seen our, our mother's side of the family since before the pandemic. So it was just a, it was a wonderful reason to get back together and to see them in honor of, of Sandy. Yeah. And what was interesting too is uh, they, the, my cousins brought some stuff from Sandy's place, I guess that the family had left for us. And I saw, um, I guess it was a drawing that I did at th three years old that Sandy had kept all the, that whole time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so that was just, it was really amazing um, because she had kept a draw, some drawing that I did at three years old was in her possession at her house in, in that way. But it's kind of um, symbolic because when I was moving, I was going through stuff to keep and whatever. And I, before I even knew she had passed, her, her, I think it was a Christmas card or something that she gave to me way back in the day, probably 40 something years ago as well that I kept for, from her. And I'm so happy I did. It wasn't one of those piles of, you know, throwing out. So hmm. in a way it's like, I'm, I'm, I cherish that card because, you know, Sandy was known for giving cards out during Christmas and we're not going to receive that card this year. So that's going to be. Yeah, I mean, Sandy, uh, Francis and I were talking about it on a, on a live on our channel, but Sandy gave cards for all events, it seemed like, graduations, every year, birthday, and I she didn't miss mine or any of my kids, and, and you know, I, I'm assuming, Taj, you got them as well, and Terrell, and, you know, many others, so, I, Taj, I was trying to do some type of calculation on how many cards I think she sent out a month. It had to be in the hundreds. It really think, did. It, it's it's amazing. I don't know how she had the time for that because I I made the mistake, and I say mistake only jokingly, but made the mistake of like one of the times um, talking about the Hollywood Reporter or the um, Daily Variety back in the day, probably about seven years ago. And I kid you not, she said she would mail all like every issue that she had finished reading wow. to to our place. We would get this box of like stacks of you know just. Hollywood stuff in that way. So I, I don't know Just how she amazing, time, yeah. amazing person. And, you know, it was interesting because at the, at the celebration of life, others were like, you know, mentioning the cards they received. So yeah. I just thought it was a cool way for her to put a stamp on everyone's lives, you know, and, and it, not only was it very, uh, a, a sweet and beautiful gesture at the time. Um, but it was one that will live on and, and one that we will always, always remember. So, uh, yep. Sandy, we love you and miss yeah. you, and we'll always appreciate our time with you. Always. And real quick, just just so that our listeners know too, um, Sandy chose not to have a funeral, so that was our way of celebrating her. Um, and so, if you guys have people like that, that or you've had to, that was kind of, I think, my first time witnessing that, right? Yeah, yours yeah. too. I think so. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Taj, before we get on to our with our guests, there's a couple super chats we have to mention. Constantine with one here, and then a second one um, from Constantine. Thank you so much, Constantine, saying blessings and rest in peace. Her spirit always uh, to protect you. I'm so sorry for your loss. Uh, thank, thank you, you so much, uh, Constantine. Very sweet. And then um, Patty with a with a large super chat. Thank you, Patty. Says Merry Christmas. Uh, thank you for everything you've done for me. Just paying it forward. Uh, How special is this? 
Um, Patty, thank you so much. And to all our community, uh, you know, th th this is probably just a great time to just say we, we thank you all for supporting us, for growing with us. And we thank you uh, for all the time and all the great words you guys give us. We, we want to wish all of your families and your loved ones a happy holidays. And um, yeah. So with that said, though, Todd, I think it's time to to get into the show, if you're cool with that. Let's do it. All right. So on today's <clears throat> on today's episode of the Power of Love show, we welcome Joshua Coombs. Uh, I hope I'm saying the name right, right, Josh. You will correct me if I'm wrong. But Josh is a British hairstylist and founder of Do Something for Nothing. I should say hashtag do something for nothing. It's a social media movement that encourages and inspires people to connect their skills and time to those who need them. Um, from humble beginnings, this was initiated in 2015, the same year DDJF started, right, Taj? Yeah. Okay. So Josh's desire quite simply was to positively, positively impact people's lives by offering free haircuts to men and women experiencing homelessness on the streets of London. By posting transformative images on Instagram, his platform continues to grow as he amplifies stories that often go unheard. The mission caught the attention of media outlets in Europe and has rippled worldwide. Coverage includes appearing in National Geographic series, The Story of Us, with Morgan Freeman released on Netflix internationally. Joshua has received has recently written his first book, of course, called Do Something for Nothing, which has Love been it. published in the UK, North America, Australia, and New Zealand. Through the simple act of a haircut, readers are taken on a geographical and emotional journey into the lives of people experiencing homelessness in different cities across the world. Featuring never-before-seen photographs and all new writing, Do Something for Nothing explores themes of love, acceptance, shame, and perseverance while inviting us to see ourselves in one another and dissolve the negative stigmas around homelessness. Additionally, 100% of the author's proceeds will be dedicated to future not-for-profit art projects to amplify the lives of isolated people. Today, Joshua continues his efforts cutting hair on the streets and collab collaborating with artists to curate multimedia exhibitions and share a unified message of empathy. Joshua gives talks internationally to provide intimate insights and experiences to inspire others to become active and how powerful a simple act of kindness can be. Without much further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Power of Love show, author of Do Something for Nothing, the one and only Joshua Coombs. Now, Josh, how are you, man? Hey, really, really good to be here. Thank you, guys. I'm super happy to, to speak to you. Thanks for that beautiful in introduction. Yeah. So first of all, I have to say I love your vibe. Um, I love what you're doing. I love who you are. Um, but before I get dive too far into it, I have to know, did I say your name right? You did. Honestly, you got a spot on, Joshua Coombs. And a lot of the time, it is, um, I, I find in, in America, it's usually pronounced Joshua Coombs. So you actually, yeah. you're an exception to the rule. Well, there. And, um, you first time. There well, you, you know, I, I, yeah. You know, Puff, first of all, uh, Puff Daddy, Sean Diddy Combs messed that up for you, Josh. So I apologize. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, at least I'll, I'll let him have it. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> but 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 your spelling is different. So you have two yeah. O's and the E S at the end. Um exactly. that 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 brought me somewhere else. So I'm happy I, I didn't butcher that. I'm known for butchering, so um I'm happy that didn't happen. So, anyways, Josh, your work is mind-blowing, it's incredibly inspiring. Can you tell us how the do something for nothing movement began? Yeah, so um well, you know, I think we can all relate to what it's like to walk past men and women who are experiencing homelessness in the cities and towns we live in. And, you know, the feelings that confront you in that moment. And for me, that no longer was sitting right. I was living in London or the city of such affluence and, you know, going day to day about my job, you know, on the way to work, seeing friends. And every single day I'd see, you know, men and women on shop corners and doorways outside a train station. And I'd do what I knew how to do, like buy somebody a cup of tea or coffee or offer them a sandwich, but I wasn't really connected to anyone's story. You know, my, I guess my version of how this looked was how it kind of, you know, came at me in the mainstream media with statistics, usually not kind of going too much further into people's lives and why people end up in this position. And honestly, it was leaving me feeling quite overwhelmed by the whole problem. You know, I mean, like, it's so easy sometimes when you're seeing something from afar to feel like, how, how the hell can you make a difference as one person? But... Thankfully, that changed for me and, and that changed in the form of what I was doing in my day job, which was working in a, a salon doing a quite a busy, you know, day to day with clientele in a, in a high end salon in, in London. But um, one time I had my things in my backpack and I met somebody who was living on the street and I offered them a haircut. And it wasn't really something I was planning out to, to necessarily, I guess, think about all that much at the time. It happened in, in a moment. And um and I'm glad I didn't really think about whether this would be someone's top priority of needs, because of course I'm not sat here going to say that a haircut's going to save someone's world. But what happened in that moment was it was a chance to listen. It was a chance to listen to someone's story, to sit down, and it can be quite an intimate process. You know, sat down next to someone and where they're living on the street, and and it was a chance to to get to know this person. And um, and I just started doing this more and more, and, and that's how this how this grew. That's fantastic, Josh. That's amazing. Yeah, it, it really is. Um. I first of all, I, I never put the connection of getting a haircut can be a, a wonderful opportunity for someone to to be able to express how they're feeling and just to be heard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 yeah. the way of connecting without being so intimidating because you're really looking at nothing. So you don't feel like you're going to get too judged, um, you know, because mm-hmm. the hair is usually getting cut behind you. And then also you just get to to hear a voice to, to that's going to understand. I never made that connection. Now, what I have known is that sometimes when I'm feeling down, a haircut can make me feel good again. But that's usually an external type of uh, upcoming, if that makes sense, because I feel cleaner. I feel better. Um, so I, I commend you because I think what you're doing, whether you knew it or not, but you're enhancing them externally, but also internally with your dialogue and, and that's a powerful combination in such a simple gesture. So I, that's why I think you, you've really onto something and really made such a huge impact um, in a very cool way. So I commend you. Thank you, honestly. I, and, and, you know, I, I realized quite quickly as a, as a hairdresser, like in the salon, when I was doing that as a, a job where I was getting paid and, and people expected a certain service, there was always, there was always more to it. You know, people tell mm-hmm. you about the problems, they tell you about what's going on in their life, whether that be a barbershop setting, which can be such a community space for so many people, or, you know, a lady's salon where people are going to, to maybe get more of a blow dry and, and all that kind of thing. You know, you have a chance 
to have some me time, right? To sit down and you, you have to kind of relax and trust the person behind you. And I think it's mm. a really good point that you raised, which was, you know, I remember being in school and actually I had a real problem with eye contact and kind of one-on-one mm. -on -one conversations like that. I used to hate them. And, and there's something about, especially when I cut hair on the street, like people are looking outwards, you know, they're looking at the street. I'm usually behind them most of the time. Mm -hmm. That's this kind of sneaky way to like extract people, people's kind of feelings and, you know, how, how they are right now without it being as intense as this really one-on-one -on -one conversation, feeling like they're being interviewed or something like that. Um, but, but yeah, so that, that, you know, it's a really important part of this and, and needless to say the physical that you mentioned there is like, of course, so nice to see when I hand someone at the mirror at the end, if they recognize someone they haven't seen for, for so many years and, and maybe it can be this really big transformation for someone that hasn't had a haircut. So the physical side of feeling dignified, feeling kind of more self-esteem, that's a really beautiful part of the process. Yeah, I, I, I think I think it's magical. I really do, because especially for homeless who are probably so used to being judged and, you know, have maybe some intimate uh, are intimidating or what I, was what I'm meaning to say. I just think what you provide is gives them an opportunity to feel uh, how they should. And that's as as an equal and as, you know, as, as one and, and whole. And I think it's beautiful. Um, by the way, I apologize mm -hmm. for not throwing you in the middle earlier. Um, don't know why I didn't because oh, I'm yeah, in the middle no, now. No. Okay, you're, <laughs> right. you're in the middle. <laughs> so, anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, right. I apologize for not doing it earlier. Yeah, that's usually our format, but yeah, uh, I don't know what happened. Uh, I think I honestly, I, I think I, I got well, I wouldn't have said anything, but now I, feel like, <laughs> I why, think why, your story, why, why didn't you put me in the middle of the beginning? What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I think your story hit me because I, I, I didn't make the connection, but it's I, I'm thinking a lot. But anyways, um, what's been the most rewarding experience since beginning this work for you? Has there been, uh, uh, whether that's on a big level mm. or, or if there's a couple of stories that really hit you, that really made you feel like I'm doing the right thing or I love what I'm doing? Yeah, it's a really good question. And, and I think it's, for me, it's, I guess, quite a, a deep part of me that's, I'm, I'm using it on the day-to-day -day now that perhaps I wasn't before. Like, I, I really cared about the people in my life. I always thought of myself as an empathetic person, like, before I started doing this work about five or six years ago. But there's something about putting yourself out there, giving your time to a complete stranger, someone who five minutes ago you didn't know, and sometimes within an hour or two, I spend with someone and sometimes it's days and sometimes I go back and see someone and cut their hair two, three, four times. There's something about that kind of interaction that I'm always grateful. It's like the presence that you have to, to give somebody, like learning how to really listen. Like I think it's like something that we can all do. And it's, it's all of, we all have this tool to, to be present for the person in front of us. But so often we're fearful of the people around us, you know, we other people, we put them in boxes and whether that be someone's life who might look and seem different to yours because they're living in a tent in the city you live in and, and you have a home or someone in a neighborhood where you haven't been to before. But I find through the work I do, the, the best way to answer that for me would be I've learned so much about myself as part of the process. I've learned so much about people as a whole. You know, I see people on a regular basis from all different walks of life. People are younger, older, men and women, people from, from different backgrounds. Um, and yes, the reason why somebody might end up on the street may vary a lot and may be different. There's this one and the same feeling that I get, which is we all have the same needs as human beings. You know, we all need to be seen, to be heard, to feel mm -hmm. a sense of belonging, to feel a sense of meaning, you know, and that, I suppose that belief I had in people before I started doing this, 
I used to think that as kind of an opinion I had as maybe a more liberal person, but like now it's in my heart, you know what I mean? Now it's like part of who I am because I, I experience this stuff. And although I see a lot of struggle and, and I, you know, the suffering that comes with this, there's a kind of universal truth that I, I, I keep within me, which is, which is what I'm, I'm speaking to here, which is, it's a simple thing a heck up, but underneath it's the conversation. And when you sit down and you listen to someone, doesn't matter where you're from, like we all, we all need that. And I might not know the answer to someone's problems overnight. I wish I did to like click my fingers and solve this thing. But the message would do something or nothing. What I do is is one about a kind of daily ethos of how you can go out into this world and, and, and try and be present when you can to the people in front of you. Yeah. Angie says, we need more people like Joshua in the world. God bless him. And she follows that up with, what made you want to start helping other people? I think you may have answered a bit, but if you want to answer directly, what made you want to start helping? Well, thanks, Angie. I appreciate you and um, and everyone who's watching where you are and, and this community that you have. And I feel that it's, um, I suppose, honestly, it was that feeling of helplessness that I, I spoke to earlier, which was not sitting so well with me. Like the idea that there's all these problems and I'm sat at home scrolling through social media, sometimes feeling quite fatigued and overwhelmed by the things around me that I might not be able to do anything about. So it was seeing these people in London this week, like who were sleeping on the street and thinking, surely we can do better. But it was also something in me, which was trying to find an outlet for like something that I think we all have inside of us, which is wanting to participate, wanting to try and uh, help lift others up when you can. And, and and I think, you know, that was the main reason why at the time when I look back now on my life where I was at, you know, as I said, I was happy with seeing my friends and my family and, and the people around me, but there was a cup that I wasn't filling up, you know? There was a cup inside me that like, I hadn't started to kind of fill up and I feel like that's what happened as part of the process for me. So it's always primarily about helping the person in front of me, but I'd be lying if I didn't, you know, if I sat here and said that I'm not a part of that too. Like it was also for me to, to feel a need to um, feel like I'm waking up each day and, and trying to leave this world a little bit better than I found it. Uh, on a side note, Michael Jackson fan says, Josh looks like the dude from the Marvel movies. You know, the one, I don't know the one and I'm curious to know, but either way, Josh, this either. is, this is a I compliment. It. Yeah. yeah I think it's gotta a be. Compliment. Basically, I'm, I'm say, yeah, like a Marvel movie, usually superheroes. We'll just like, <laughs> yeah. we, won't, we won't ask too much into that. There, we'll just leave that. No, we'll, like we'll leave it right there. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Anyways, um, my life, my hurdles, and my survival. Bommy with the super chat says, "Hi, Josh. Just want to thank you for helping look after the homeless with a simple haircut. You're good people, and we really do need more folk like you in this world." Signed, a fellow Brit. Very sweet, Bami, and um, I agree. I, th I think what you do is is amazing, and we need definitely need more people like you. Um, Josh, my question now is, what's what's the biggest challenge of doing what you're doing? Is there something that we don't see that that makes what you're doing incredibly challenging or, or difficult? Yeah, well, there's, um, there's two responses that come to mind with that question straight away. There's certainly challenges. One is look there's yeah okay one leads into the other which is it is difficult you know i, I visit america a, a lot as well for us um, audience listening i do this in different cities in europe i've cut hair on the streets in different cities around the world and it's hard not to see things improve and get better in the six years i've been doing this you know i have seen in some places things get worse mm. so so that's always difficult not maybe seeing results but 
but then that transitions into this this second part of it for me which is like i find the attitude for me is the biggest problem from like all of us um generally speaking and by that i mean people will ask me questions like well how's a haircut going to make a difference and like how are you really going to make a dent in this thing with the work you're doing but i don't buy into that because anybody who's made a change in the world like you had to start from a small idea and i've seen the ripple effect of this so what counteracts that first problem I told you about, about seeing maybe more tents on the streets in the cities we live in or while people sleeping rough back in the UK where I'm from, is the DMs people send me saying, actually they're getting involved in this movement in, in their own way. Maybe they've got skills and time to give and, and, and they're participating and volunteering in their communities now. People who message me saying, hey, actually I, I used to walk by this person, but now I know their name, now I know their interests, now I know more about their story, now I know how to better help them. So like when you drop, you know, it's that thing when you drop a stone into a pond and it creates that ripple. It's like, that's how I live. And that's like more of a spiritual practice for me. So although from a political standpoint, I can be really frustrated sometimes, like a lack of support maybe that we need from like more systemic change and, and more affordable housing and more mental health, like funding for mental health and drug rehabilitation and all the rest of it. But whilst that's kind of a problem that I face, I really believe in like what we can all do as individuals and the ripple that comes from that. And that's why people's attitude, you know, I always say to people like, you know, you got to start somewhere. You got to start with, with a, a small idea. Like it sounds like really counterintuitive to, to how we look at success, but sometimes you've got to lower your benchmark with this stuff. We've got this terrible habit as human beings of thinking like we need to solve thousands and thousands of people's problems. And yes, that would be beautiful. But in the meantime, if you can have one person this month, if you can, check in with a friend you haven't heard from for a while who might be suffering. If you can go have lunch with someone who hasn't got any family who come and see them, you know, start small, like start living that day to day and, and, and things can, can grow from there. Beautiful. Uh, Miss Silent Siren says, with the super chat says, much love to you, Fufi and Taj for bringing all of Joshua's story and, and his example of perseverance and strength. Bless you all. Uh, we have an idea on the superhero. He says, uh, Michael Jackson fans, he says he looks like the Winter Soldier. That's a compliment. Uh, and another compliment is is right here. Hold on. There is another one that I want to pull up. And I know I'm all over the place, but uh, this is from April. She says she's talking about Thor probably from Marvel because he does favor him. Oh, I'll take okay. Thor. I've heard of. I'll definitely take Wow. So I'm, I'm probably the first hairdresser who got called Thor ever. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Um, but, but no, honestly, truly, I'll accept whoever Winter Solid is. Like, honestly, I'm gonna look, the thing is, I'm going to look at all these afterwards. So if I have any kind of response, like you know, do this on my own later. I love it, Josh. Um, okay, so Josh, um, do something for nothing. Uh, where did that name come from? And then what is your vision for the movement? I would love to know what your ideas and what's the lasting difference that you hope to make with Do Something for Nothing. Well, the more I grow and, and, and you know, this has kind of moved forward, the more I realize that it's not technically do something for nothing because you get out of it, a lot of, out of it yourself. And, and you know, and I'm, I'm a big advocate for what this brings you in your own well-being when you go out and you spend time with people who need you in your community. But the, the words came from realizing 
initially that when I was going out and giving the haircuts, I started sharing with consent people's stories online or on Instagram, on Facebook. Sometimes it's a really big transformation. So I was sharing these before and after photos um, with the haircuts that I did. And the hope was that people would read on to some of the story and find out more about their lives. And I'd always leave a hashtag at the end and I came up with do something for nothing, the idea that this isn't just about haircuts or homelessness, this is about what's your version of this? You know, how does this look for you? Like, and trying to focus and highlight people in your community who are doing similar things. You know, it's a reminder, we will do this in our day to day, I think, and, and we're all more compassionate towards issues that we see, but it's about sometimes finding a, a touch point to get involved. And, and it was amazing to see the way that, you know, through this hashtag, um, people started to get involved, you know, and whether that be yoga teachers volunteering their time and drug rehabilitation centers or young people like students going to have lunch with senior citizens um and um and you know even neighborly acts like people helping one another with their shopping home you know this was something that grew into people seeing this as a way to just communicate um our humanity and and, and i think social media you know it can be a really negative place sometimes so the reason why it's important to talk about this stuff um is is to try and fill the internet and the a constant feed of what's going on the information we receive with some positive actions you know and of course there's a sensitivity to this you know i mean there's a difference between going selfie and yourself helping someone you know while you're giving them some food or whatever but you know you just you've got to find your own version of, of of what this looks like for you and i give talks about this in schools and i work and do workshops with, with young people about this and it's just like it's so refreshing you know because i think we need new ideas we need new ideas but we also need to feel like as one person we can make a difference you know I, yeah. I just i just i hate the idea especially as young people that like trying to remove the shackles of, of like that weight of the world on your shoulders and realize like it can start small and and, and, I, and i've just yeah. seen that when people feel that and it turns into action it's so beautiful to see yeah it's powerful uh kelby has a super chat uh she says hey josh do you get any negativity from people for helping the ones in need and thank you by the way kelby for the super chat yeah. So, Josh, what would be your response? Do you get negativity from people for helping others, the ones in need? Yeah, Kelby, really good question. Thank you. Because, yeah, the truth is, yes, sometimes I do. You know, there's a couple of stigmas I think it's really important to address, or maybe at least one really big one that stops a lot of people from helping those who are living on the street. And, well, you know, the, the, the couple that come to mind are like, of course, yeah, there is, there is addiction there's a lot of addiction there's people with um substance misuse issues um that usually comes from from a trauma underneath and or maybe multiple traumas and micro traumas that happen day to day like being outside and living in the elements and i think it's just such a misconception the idea that you know people are doing this in a way that's reckless as if they're choosing to be there and, and you're going to meet some people from 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 your standpoint, it might be really difficult to interact with, but I accept that challenge, which is, yeah, it's not always easy. Sometimes when you've got lots of layers of pain, lots of, I guess people have been in a certain situation for a long time, but for me, that's not where my empathy, I don't want that to be where it stops me finding more about someone's story. There's always a story and, and you know, trying to go back and find out what happened, you know, beyond this moment, you're catching somebody where they are right now. So there's that challenge that I think that a lot of people wash their hands of the hands of this issue based on, on on drugs and addiction and when they see that. Um, but also perhaps the fact that that people believe that, you know, people there's help there and people could only try harder if they wanted to. And and look, I'm not gonna say that there's, there's people from all walks of life who who maybe might wanna be where they're at for a certain reason, but when it comes to the work that I do in, in different cities, like 
when you see what help looks like sometimes, it's not such a dignified process. There's plenty of amazing volunteers doing amazing things and all the shelters and all the people and all the charities that are working hard to do this, this is not shaming them whatsoever. But my point is that we've got to work better at the holistic side of this stuff, like reconnecting people to themselves. You can give someone all the help they need in a certain economic kind of standpoint, but without the mental health conversation, without like, being able to get over those traumas without being able to like have more spaces where we can commune and spend time together and like therapeutically help people in a situation, there's a missing piece to this puzzle. So I find that probably being the the challenge that I face the most and trying to tell a new story around this is, is really my life's work to, to continue doing. Nice. That's great. Uh, I, have, Apple, I have a question to you too. Yeah, let me just read these two comments and then the question George has. So Apple and MJ say that one haircut could put a person in the right direction towards change. And Lena says, it's a beautiful thing what you are doing, Josh. And thank you. I work a lot with the homeless. And if more people like you show that kind of compassion, the world would be a much better place. Thank you. Uh, go ahead, yeah. Taj. No, this is fascinating, Joshua. Thank you. Um, and thank you for what you're doing. Um, Thank my you. question is in terms of do they have you found that they want you more to listen or are they looking for like they just want someone to talk to or is it that they want advice and how do you balance that too do you kind of in terms of for you in that way because i know everyone's different too sure yeah no, yeah definitely definitely um well you know honestly i go out with like a really detached the help, so I guess I'll try and answer them both maybe at the same time, those questions, which is I've learned to be really detached from the outcome. And that's not because I don't care. It's because sometimes, you know, if someone needs more of my time to be able to walk the walk and go to the meeting or, you know, whatever the next step is to try and like get help to get someone off the street, like I'll be there. But yeah, sometimes that's not always the case. And I can't, I can't try and force that either. So like, where I sit with it is like my balance on a personal level is like I go out with my backpack, I have my scissors, my clippers, all the things I need to give someone the best best haircut as I used to in the salon out on the street. And sometimes I cut people's hair and sometimes I don't, but it always starts with a conversation. It always starts with like just trying to, you know, go and say, hello, how are you? If I sit down next to someone, have a bit of a chat. Sometimes people want to talk to you. Sometimes people don't. And that's like me, you know, on a bad day, you know, we all have those moments where you just want to just stay in and eat ice cream and watch Netflix, right? Or whatever. You know? <laughs> my, point, my point is like the, the, the people that I'd see, it's like, you know, sometimes people are in a position where they, they might be in a place where they, they, they want to be able to sort of really walk the walk with you and go and try and get more help. But yeah, in general, I just keep myself kind of in a place where when I, I've seen amazing good news stories where people, you know, from a hacker, I've I've seen them transition and like a couple of years later, it's incredible to see someone with like a new job at their own place again. Like I've seen those stories and it's because someone stopped and bothered like being there for them in that moment. But yeah, I'd say that underneath the hacker, it's always been a vehicle for conversation and and it is it is a challenge. And I think that question just a minute ago, just to round this up is like, I'm not going to also say, I'm not, I can't, I can't say that it hasn't been difficult experiences. I can't say that like, it's not always easy sometimes when you go to a, a, an area where there's so many people and so much energy and lots of people suffering all at once. Like I take baby steps, you know, I go down and I see people try and build some trust. The biggest thing is like, 
turning up and going back and going back time and time again. And someone might not trust you that first time because to them, like what love has looked like, it's always had strings attached, you know, it might have always had like something that's sharp at the end of it that hurts. So like someone coming out to try and give some love with no uh, other motive, like that takes a while for people, you know? So yeah, it's, Mm. um, time is always the most important thing. And I see that through do something for nothing and broadly speaking, this movement, like you can, you can, you can do so many things to try and help someone, but you know, I remember this guy in Skid Row in Los Angeles, um, and, and he said to me, this guy Derek I met who was living on the street, and he said, like, if you want to give something to your community, give someone your time. Because he said, like, you know, time, you can't buy it back. You can't buy back a moment in time, you know. And plenty of things need our donations and funds, and that's so important in this world. But if you haven't got anything else to give, remember your time is really, really worth it for somebody. That's that's impactful. That's, a, that's beautiful. Um, there's a couple of... Uh, comments. Uh, first of all, thank you, Brandy, for the super chat. Uh, we have Carrie who says, helping others with your skills is so important. It's often healing for both parties involved. And Sarah says, as social beings, most of us need to help um, to help others weather the storm of events such as sickness, poverty. Mm-hmm. Helping others is everybody's business and not just the specialty yeah. of anyone helping profession. Um, I, I think that's all very important. Um, and again, Josh, I, I commend you for taking the steps and, and doing your part and, and bringing love and positivity to those who need it. And what's cool is I bet you there's so many stories that you've greatly impacted that you don't even know of, you know, and, and people are probably doing even better than, than what you can imagine. And, and you played a big role in that. So I commend you. Um, okay. So now I want to just talk a bit about the Netflix series, The Story of Us. What did it feel like to have something you created be recognized on such a huge major platform like Netflix? Well, yeah, that was huge. I mean, it's not every day Morgan Freeman comes and visits you in Southeast London where I'm from, that's for sure. Yes. Um, it was a bit of a it was it was a bit of a surreal experience when um the voice of God comes up and shakes your hand. But yeah, he, <laughs> You know, he, he was so supportive of this and, and that went out on Netflix and, and uh, I came over here for a couple of different events with National Geographic to promote it. And it was just like, it was amazing because one of the guys featured in the, in the video on Netflix, Stuart, I think about people like him and I put them really like front and center and I'm like, if he's happy with this and he wants to get his story out there, then like, I feel so lucky to be a conduit to be able to help out in some way. And that's what this is about for me. You know, it's about a visibility piece. Like so many of these people I'm speaking about on a regular basis are often just completely invisible to most of society. And like the, some of the, I don't know, honestly, I've built relationships with people. Where I'm just like, it's, it's sometimes, I don't know how best to describe it. Like people are, they have so much wisdom to give. Sometimes the generosity of people I meet who have nothing, sometimes the lessons and the words of people that I meet, I'm like, I want to amplify those because it's not just about helping someone because they're less fortunate, because sometimes often that creates this like hierarchy of needs, which of course for one sec, I'm not going to for one second not recognize like the privilege I have to lock my door at the end of each day and have that privacy and security of home and all the things that mean to, means to me. But I don't want to go out sympathy or pity to anybody because they can often be useless emotions for people. It's like, I want to build a bridge of empathy and try and amplify who they are. Cause like, yeah. I mean, the most incredible people. And, um, and yeah, Stuart, who was on this documentary for, for the story of us, it was really cool to get his story out there, but you know, more than anything that went out there to thousands of people, it really kind of 
propelled this into like another direction, which was like, yeah, something I'm always, always grateful for. Fantastic. Um, okay. So, so Josh, tell us about your book. Uh, what can readers expect? Where can we get a copy? What do you mm -hmm. hope your readers will take away from the story? Well, yeah, Do Something for Nothing, the book is a series of stories of people I've met in different cities of, around Europe and America and some other places in between. And it documents stories of, of people I met along the way in, 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 you know, getting this book together. And I wrote, I guess social media can be quite limiting sometimes for captions and the stories I was writing on Instagram. This is a way to just get a lot deeper and, you know, get beneath the surface of this issue and, um, and meet some really interesting people. Um, so through a haircut you've got images of before and afters and and people that i've met but also you know more more importantly their stories their words um you get to know people on like an intimate level and, and i truly believe as i mentioned before telling a new story around this issue is 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 such an important thing at this time we live in to try and connect and try and bridge the social gap that we face along with all of the political change and and systemic change that we need so yeah the book is um as you mentioned in the intro, I don't receive the profits myself. They'll go to future projects to um, help people in this position. And um, and yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a perfect way to, if you are feeling like you want to connect with this, and maybe you know someone as well who might have a different opinion about this, then it's a really good thing to be able to um, to, to pass on or, or buy for them so, so we can try and connect and start a new conversation around this. So great, man. I love, yeah. I love it all. So Target, I saw Barnes and Noble. So any bookstore and, and that's, that's commendable about the proceeds. It's, that's awesome. Um, okay. So, uh, how can Taja, do you have something? Were you going to ask something? Um, Joshua, I just, I mean, I always ask this uh, with other guests. Have you ever thought about doing an audio, um, book? <laughs> I know that there's a lot of visuals in this because there's before and after, but even mm -hmm. so you could probably have a website that the audio people can go to just because people are, especially here in this town are always in their cars and yeah. it's such a feel good thing in your, your voice, you know, as well. Yeah. And, and you're, you can sense stuff with your voice. So that's why I was asking. I would, you know, I'd really like, uh, and a couple of people have said that before, but no, at the moment there's not an audio book, but it's something I'm thinking about that could have a separate release because, you know, yes, it's like very, kind of image based as far as the visuals with the haircut but the tr truth is you could read that whole book without having any of the images and i know people would take yeah. just as much out of it um so so yeah that's a really great that's a really you need to it's, it, it would be amazing oh yeah, I, 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 as lena just said it would be amazing there you go yeah, <laughs> yeah but you're right and I'm, I'm the same right well i'm you know i'm massively listen to podcasts all the time whenever yeah. i'm going anywhere i listen to a lot of audiobooks too i mean i've had yeah. this idea before it's just been do you know what's been cool is i've just finished like a sort of mini in-person in book tour um with covid stuff obviously just like you know trying to do the best we can with all the rules and been here in america and, and now i'm um i'm looking to next year and i think that's a really good you know really good, good idea for so i'll let you guys know please okay, do it a april says you have the voice for it too so there yes, you go really. you have some yeah well, so they... that's, that's really, okay okay well, that's good now i feel like we've got enough we can just focus we basically focus group this here, right here in this, <laughs> this is a yes like we're going for this so thank I, you i love it okay a couple more things then we'll let you go josh but i have to know how can people what would you say to people if they want to do their own version of do something for nothing movement something like that in their own communities what what would you say to them any advice or what would you tell them to do of course, yeah. So I would, um, 
a nice exercise is to write down the things that get you out of bed in the morning, the things you're passionate about. Maybe it's your hobbies, skills that you have, things you might be good at. And um, next to that, write down some areas in your community that you might want to change, some things you see that you'd like to try and um, make a difference in, you know, and, and, you know, try and connect the dots. It might not happen straight away, but keep looking at it. Keep looking at those things and think about how maybe you could use, because for me, okay, you know, it's hairdressing, it's art, it's music. Um, but I, I always like the idea of trying to, sort of connect your passions to helping people because i think that that keeps you going back it keeps you going back to it and keeps you kind of um yeah it's a really good relationship with this and and if not you know seriously though if you're one of those people and you're thinking well i can't do this i can't do that well just start by going out and having a conversation like and as i said this might not be homelessness for you like that might not be your beat and i understand if you have some 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 maybe some reservations but I'd say that, like, remember, like, if someone's just moved into your street, a new family, maybe they're people who, I don't know, like, they've just moved into your road, and you, go and greet them, go say hello, invite them for dinner, get to know the people around you. As I said, like, it could be a phone call to a friend who might not be doing so well. Like, just, just sort of have a think outside. I guess um, I know we're in this world right now where there's a hell of a lot of stress and worries, and as I mentioned at the beginning, like, it's easy to get overwhelmed, but. Just recognize that as one person, your time, as we've mentioned, I think we've really gone over in this conversation. It's like, it's really important. And I always put that into the safekeeping of people I meet who um, who time and time again will call me up and I haven't heard from for a while. And yes, I cut their hair, but underneath it was just someone seeing them as a human being, you know? So, um, yeah. And, and just one more on that, like a practical step as well. Like, look, if you've got a smartphone or a laptop, and I guess one of the, you know, you, you must have one of those to be watching this or listening to this right now. Like Google, where you live and google the issue that you might want to like help out with and there'll be people already out there doing amazing things every place i go one part of this i have to mention is like i'm doing what i can do but i would be nothing would be nowhere on this journey without the help of amazing community heroes doing things reaching out to me having me when i come to a new city and me learning all about what they're doing there are people getting up and deciding that like they want to make a change and and they're there you just need to like you just need to like research and i probably have you along to volunteer with them too fantastic um josh we're gonna there's one more thing first i want to highlight some super chats we have martha thank you so much martha uh, we have Bami with the super sticker and then um Sine, uh thank you all so much for the support um, and then Simone has a super chat. Uh, thank you, Simone. She says, thank you for the positive energy you send into this world. It is needed. Uh, she has a great question. She asked, do you have an, an advice to start an easy <coughs> conversation with homeless people? Is there something you would advise us to do to start a conversation with a homeless person? Uh, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a good question. And, and, I often try and greet people like an old friend, you know, I mean, I know I might not have known them for, for, for years, but try and give that warmth and positivity as you, as you would, you know, try and try and manifest that in your body that you're just, you're just about to see someone you haven't seen for a long time, you know, like maybe a couple of years or so. And you're like, ah, I can't wait to see you. Oh, God, I've been looking forward to seeing you for so long. And, and, and that energy seems to work pretty well, you know, but play out your worst case scenario too. Guess what? If you give that energy and someone's like, hey, get lost, go away. And I'm not talking about homelessness particularly here. It's just life, right? We all have bad days and we're all bumping into one another and you just got my parking spot, et cetera, et cetera. My point is like, 
play out that worst case scenario and think, well, if someone tells me to get lost or go away, like, what do I do with that? Where do I take that? That, that just existed in that one interaction. I'm not going to let that spoil my day. I'm going to move on from there with that same positivity. But yeah, greeting people with familiar, treating somebody with dignity, treating someone with respect, not looking down on them, trying to just get on their level and, and hey, say what's up, how are you? And, and that's worked for me for quite a few years now. And, and I'll continue to do that. Love it. Great answer. Great answer, Josh. Um, all right, Josh, it's that time. We uh, are ready to hear this message. And not to put pressure on you, Josh. I don't want to <laughs> put too much pressure. But uh, as I said uh, before we started, we like to leave our guests with the final say-so, whatever they want to mm-hmm. leave off our community. It could be your favorite cooking recipe, uh, mm-hmm. haircut advice. It could be uh, your favorite movie, um, What is something that's going on in your world, just a message you want to give, whatever you want to do, uh, our, the community's listening. We are listening. The floor is yours. Thank you. Well, I wouldn't be, um, I guess uh, doing all of those things without the support that I have around me. Okay. And namely, so one of those people is my girlfriend jazz. And yes, I have to put her name out here because she runs an organization called the worldwide tribe. She works for people seeking asylum, people who, who are refugees in Europe, but also, you know, across the world when, when people are kind of seeking asylum from different, different um, situations that they're in. So her podcast, The Worldwide Tribe, is something that even though I spend most of my time with this person, I would seriously recommend checking out because, um, you know, through the work that I do, there's a one and the same, which is like highlighting human stories and people who are often misunderstood and often um, portrayed in a negative light in the mainstream media. And yeah, I wouldn't be, um, I wouldn't be right unless I pointed to you guys in her direction too so that's the worldwide tribe cheers so the worldwide tribe correct yeah. podcast the worldwide tribe. podcast yeah beautiful all right i like it um josh you blessed our community with a lot of information as the community said as my brother and myself has said we commend you we think you're a special person um, thank you f- on our behalf for doing your part to make the society and our world a better place um I, I let me let me make sure this right. Is this a website where people can learn more about you and do That's something correct. for nothing? Okay. So th- for those who are listening to this show, the website is www.dosomethingfornothing.org. Um it's, all the spelling is exactly how you would think. It's again it's www.dosomethingfornothing. Um f o r not the number 4 fornothing.org. Um, and then of course, Joshua is also on Instagram at do something for nothing. So go ahead and follow him there. Or you can also, I should say, and you can also follow, uh, at Joshua Coombs, which is at J O S H U A C O O M B E S. Um, Josh, that's it, man. Uh, we want to just thank you for, for blessing our community, for sharing your story and for all you are doing. Um, I, I want to say you. right back to you. Well, yeah, right back at you guys. Seriously, like it's been a pleasure talking to you. Like, thanks a lot for, for all the work you do. And it's incredibly important. And it's reaching a lot of people. And I'm just glad to have had this conversation with you guys today. Wonderful. Um, thank, you. thank you, Josh. Thank you. And we're, we'll, we'll go with one more super chat came in from Lena who says, happy Christmas, guys. Thank you, TJ and Taj, for all you do with your foundation. And to you, Josh, I hope your kindness comes back to you tenfold. So on behalf of our community and the entire foundation, uh, Josh, thank you so much. We want to wish yes. everyone a happy holidays and Merry Christmas. 
And we will see you guys next Wednesday at one o'clock. Adios, everyone. Cheers.